What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Yes, happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy Tuesday to everyone, but especially our college and grad school listeners, because you're really going to want to stick around for this episode. We have a finals survival guide for you today. Yes. So Anya and I are going to give you all of our tips, our tricks, our advice for what worked for us during finals. And I'm definitely going to need to heed this advice myself. Is that the right term? Is that what you say? Heed the advice? I think so. Yeah. I'll take the the advice. I'll take the advice myself um, because of my finals are coming up. But yeah, this is just, this is what worked for us. Maybe some of it will work for you. Make finals a little less stressful for you. Yeah. And I do feel like a little distant from this topic, but I mean, the last time I took finals wasn't that long ago. It was like April of this year. So yeah, let's hop into the weekend review. I have two things I wanted to talk about this week. Um, The first one is a little car DIY action. So you guys may recall, both of my parents are home with injuries right now. So I'm trying to stay around as much as possible because I'm the only one that can do a lot of things around the house. But I decided to do a little car DIY uh, so that I was still like in the vicinity. So basically I got two cheap rugs from five below which in hindsight I kind of wish I looked at a thrift store because I'm at thrift stores a lot so I don't know why I didn't even think to look for like one big rug there but but they're pretty cute actually they're like um pink toned like I don't know what's that classic like rug print like what's that uh I know it, it like it gives me very much like almost tile vibes I don't know why I want to say tile vibes tile you know vibes. what I mean what, is it like a Turkish rug? What's like kind that? Of, yeah, I like my mind thinks Greece again. I don't know. Yeah, why, but that's what I <laughs> like. Think of. You know, you guys know what I mean, right? Like the, <laughs> those types of rugs. So basically, I like took out all of my car mats and I cut them in the exact shape. Like I like used a um, sharpie to like trace the exact shape of the rug. And so now my car is so cute. It has like a cute floor instead of the ugly black car mats. And I also put the extra in the trunk. I didn't do the driver's seat. I think it probably would have been fine, but I just wasn't sure if that was like a safety hazard. Like if it were to get like stuck under the brake or like something like that. Like I was like, I don't really want to play with this. So yeah, the driver's seat is still normal, but every other seat is upgraded and cute. And I just want to, I want you guys to take this as a sign to decorate your car and like make it yours just like you would any other space because we do spend a pretty significant amount of time in it. And I don't know why we never think to like accessorize it the same way we do our rooms or something like that. So I have like a cute little rear view beer thing. I have like little rugs. I bought like um the Trader Joe's lemon like room spritz and I keep it in my car now. So we're really upgrading her. Not that we're like going that many places right now, but not much else to do. So yeah, for sure. You inspired me. I should give my car a nice little DIY. She deserves it. I haven't really made it my own since I got it from my brother. So. Yeah. And it really needs some spruce in after a brother has infested it. Um, I was going to talk about something else, but I kind of feel like that was a long enough ramble. So I think I'll save that for another time. Ah, excellent. So for my weekend review, the finals heat is 
freaking on, <laughs> which is very, very stressful. First of all, I actually can't even believe that my first semester of law school is almost over. It feels like I've been in law school for 60 years and 60 seconds at the same time. So please send me all of your good vibes, all of your positive energy. I'm trying to go into this finals week with like a really positive mindset. I know I've been working my butt off all semester. I plan to work my butt off up until the very last second and then take, you know, the month between this semester and next semester to really rest and rejuvenate. Um, so yeah, so I need all the good vibes. I want to go in with a positive attitude, knowing that I'm going to do the absolute best I can. And that's all I can do, which is a little bit of a spoiler to one of my tips later. But yeah, keeping my fingers crossed, man, hoping it turns out fine. Well, that's all you really can do these days. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I'll say that. All right, let's shift into our favorites. So my favorite for this week is another podcast recommendation, and it's called How to Save a Planet, um, and I'll read you guys the official description. So it's it says, does climate change freak you out? Want to know what we collectively can do about it? Us too. How to Save a Podcast. <laughs> How to Save a Podcast. How to Save a Planet <laughs> is a podcast that asks the big questions. What do we need to do to solve the climate crisis, and how do we get it done? Join us, journalist Alex Blumberg. I assume I'm be- it could be Bloomberg, but it's B-L-U-M. So I'm like Blumberg. Yeah, I'm, I, I would say Blumberg. And scientist and policy nerd Dr. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson, as we scour the earth for solutions, talk to people who are making a difference, ask hard questions, crack dumb jokes, and episode by episode, figure out how to build the future we want. So if you guys are new here, uh, you might not know, but my major was environmental studies and political science. And I feel like this podcast is like exactly what I found interesting about studying those fields. Um, So they talk a lot about like climate policy and um, let me look through some of the episodes. This one's called cold, hard cash for your greenhouse gas. Um, How 2020 became a climate election, making Republicans environmentalists again, black lives matter and the climate. So I just think they cover really, really interesting topics. And um, it's a very like well-produced podcast. It's by Gimlet. I think they have other podcasts under like that. Mm-hmm. name but they have like really interesting interviews and yeah if you're like at all interested in climate change mitigation uh i would highly recommend checking it out yeah i just did a quick google search of alex blumberg it looks like he did some work for npr which we love and he founded gimlet media mm. so yeah i'll definitely i'll have to give that a listen i was literally saying to anya um that i'm really interested in doing like an environmental law internship and I feel like this podcast could give me a lot of good like interview ammo to go in with and every episode they ask whoever they are interviewing how screwed are we and it's interesting to like hear people's takes (laughs) um so yeah I'm like yeah like I remember one time I forget what the occasion was I think maybe like it was the height of like the forest fires or something like that or like Mm -hmm. the Australian fires I don't remember but my friend like did a lot of like climate related research and she was like oh my god is this how you feel all the time and I was like yes precisely (laughs) but you know what it's I think it was Greta Thunberg who said like this is the most like defining issue of our time she's probably not the only one that said that don't get me wrong but I'm just just, I love her um but it is it's the most defining issue of our time so sometimes you got to rip the band-aid off and see what we're dealing with in order to solve it 
I guess, defining term that I've been using for myself is climate optimist. Like I have it on my LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I feel like that's a good way to describe. If they asked me how screwed I thought we were, I would respond with something along those lines. (laughs) We love it. Positive energy all over the place, people. So for my favorite, I mentioned this as my weekend review a few weeks back, but I think I can officially deem this a favorite, and it is the Peloton for really just a plethora of reasons. So it is um, an arm and a leg. (laughs) It costs a lot of money. I'm very lucky that because right now I am living with my parents, it was my parents' investment and not my own. So I just get to like reap the benefits of them wanting a Peloton. Um, But it really is so fun. And especially now with school being pretty chaotic and intense, um, it's just the perfect way to like take a 10 to 20 minute break. They have like rides of all lengths so I think the shortest are like literally five minutes long and then you can take like up to a 90 minute ride um so being able to just like block off 10 20 minutes and just go on a quick ride get my body moving get my heart rate up get my mind off of law school for those 10 to 20 minutes and yeah I honestly I feel more productive with it and I feel like a lot of people when it comes to like exercise it's like the first thing on the chopping block when life gets really, really busy. That's like the first thing that you cut out, or at least for me, it's the first thing that I cut out when I feel like I need more time to do school-related work. But I re- on the days that I take those 20 minutes, number one, 20 minutes isn't going to stop you from completing any like dire tasks that need to be done for the day. And then on top of that, you'll get to say like, and I also like moved my body and did something for myself. And that feels really rewarding at the end of the day. So yeah, I'm not saying go out buy a Peloton because believe me, I when I saw the price, I gagged. It's very expensive, um, but just investing in in moving your body and in exercising, I think is is very important. So I wanted to mention that. I saw this. Um, I think it was just like a basic like stationary bike, like not even like mm-hmm. electronic or anything like that. But I saw one that like is also a desk. Yes. And I saw it on TikTok. I'm thinking about getting, they make a like desk attachment that goes over the handles of the Peloton. So you can go on like a scenic ride and just pedal and like do work. So <laughs> I think I might order that off of Amazon so that like, especially when it comes to studying, like if I'm going through a Quizlet, there's no reason why I can't just like sit and pedal <laughs> while going through my Quizlet. Could be nice. Who knows? I also, I saw this TikTok where um, some parent convinced their kid that the TV only worked if they were pedaled, like like that they were the source of energy <laughs> for the TV so that they like got their energy out at the same time. That's funny. And I thought that was funny. I was like, honestly, me as a parent, like, yeah, <laughs> it was a good tactic. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into our main episode topic, a finals survival guide. So we kind of broke this up into two main sections with like little subsections in each. So the first section is study tips. And then the second section is self-care tips because both are equally important to your success when it comes to high pressure things like exams. Yeah, I agree. I think an overarching tip um, in general is to make sure that you balance studying and taking care of yourself. And like Anya said, we'll get more into the nitty gritty, but They are both key ingredients to a successful finals week. Indeed. So let's kick off the study tips with some organization and study methods that have worked for us. 
So I always really prioritized just staying organized with my note taking throughout the semester. And I know that this is like an annoying tip to give because obviously if you're at the end of the semester and you haven't been doing that, it's not like a very (laughs) actionable piece of advice. Um, But I feel like it does just save you so much, I don't know, energy towards the end if all your notes, like you know where to find everything and you know that it's like in an organized fashion. You don't have to hunt for like different chapters and different units and like you did this one in your notebook, but you did this one in your drive and like you highlighted this one. And I just think it's good to like figure out a system that works for you and stick to it. So like if you didn't do that this semester, something to consider doing for next semester because it'll save you a lot of stress when it comes to actual finals. But like I said, if you didn't do that, take some time to get everything organized before you start studying. So figure out what units you need to focus on, which ones are going to be on the final. Is it cumulative? Is it just, you know, since the midterm? Figure out what's most clear to you and what's the most difficult for you. Yeah, just take the extra, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour and like really set yourself up for success. Um, So this is kind of going off of what Anya just said. And I actually have another thought further going off that, but I'll start here. Um, If you didn't keep your notes organized and Anya was just talking and you were thinking to yourself like, well, damn it, I didn't keep my notes organized at all. Um, Or even if you like had to miss class throughout the semester, especially this semester, that's like totally possible that you had to miss a class or two for reasons outside of uh, your own control. Or if you skipped a few of your Zoom classes because you were like, how much could I really have missed on Zoom University? Uh, find a friend that would be willing to share their notes with you. I honestly made it a a habit of mine to become friendly. If I didn't have like a friend already in the class, like someone that I knew who I could rely on in my class, I would always try to become as friendly as possible with the person that I was sitting next to. So that just in case I had to miss class, it wasn't me awkwardly looking at this like complete stranger being like, can I copy your notes? Like you're, you at least have that rapport um, to be able to get their notes, um, and even study with them so that they can explain their notes to you and you get a a more complete understanding of the material. But I don't remember exactly what you said that made me think of this, but when you were talking, I also thought about my, like, number one thing. I'm the type of person that I can't go into anything without knowing what I'm getting myself into. I always, to start off my studying, would go to my professors and ask, what's the format we're dealing with Mm -hmm. on this exam? Multiple choice, short answer, essay questions, a little bit of everything, fill in the blank. For the love of God, I had a few fill in the blank. Terrible, awful. I'm so sorry if you have that. But yeah, so that, because I think different types of exams call for different study methods. So definitely going into it, knowing what type of exam it is will help kind of shape you're studying. And also I think it just brings the pressure off a little bit because, you know, you're not going to open the exam and be like, I had no idea that there was an essay question on this, or I had no idea that there was multiple choice. And your professor isn't always necessarily going to be super explicit about it. At least I found that in my experience. Sometimes it gets buried in the syllabus. So yeah, so that's my kind of uh, starting out study tip. Yeah, I definitely think that's really true. And also, I always liked to know like how much time we had because sometimes during those like longer class periods, like you wouldn't necessarily have the entire time. So I don't know, maybe this is weird, but like I would always kind of like mentally divide the sections in my head and be like, okay, if I can get through like the multiple choice in the first 30 minutes, then that leaves me another 30 minutes to work on the essays, which like I know are going to take me longer. So I just like, yeah, try to like take inventory for everything that the 
exam is going to bring. And But also on the notes thing, I feel like people can be really defensive about the notes that they take and like not wanting to share them. But I feel like if you notice someone in your class like happened to not be there the day before, just like be the person to offer your notes yeah. to them. And then like you're only going to benefit from it. You know, like if it's just notes from class, you're not like revealing any life changing information. <laughs> um, yeah. And I know like I was kind of like this. I'm like, oh, well, if you couldn't be there, like you don't deserve to do well on the question because like you skipped or whatever. But you never know why people are missing class, especially right now. So just offer and be nice and then you'll probably benefit more than you'll ever not. So yeah, I actually had a TA recently, or was it a professor? Someone um, at my law school mentioned that, um, you know, she encouraged sharing outlines and notes and things like that. Cause she was like, at the end of the day, I could give you all the exact same outline to study off of. And you all would still do differently on this mm-hmm. exam. Like odds are, if you share your notes with someone, if they do better on the exam, it's not because you shared your notes with them. Like guaranteed, they pro- it was some other factor that led them to doing well. So yeah, don't ever, I know it's hard, especially if you're in law school like me, because we are curved and there is that like competitive nature, but always be the nice person to offer notes because they'll definitely be really thankful for it in the end. Definitely. My next one is just to make a study plan. Like I would always kind of mobilize like approximately two weeks prior to an exam. Um, and I would kind of map out like a more manageable timeline as far as covering all the material. Like I would be like, okay, like this exam is going to cover like units one through eight. And then I would say like, okay, I'm going to do two chapters a night for four nights. And then I'm going to spend the last two nights like reviewing stuff that makes the least sense. Um, And I feel like maybe that's an obvious tip, but I just think some people um, tend to cram everything into one night or two nights. And of course that can be tempting if you have a million exams that week as finals typically are. Uh, But even if you're like switching gears, at least for me, I always thought it was easier to study for like three things in one day during like designated times rather than like spend all day on one subject and then all day on another subject. Like it's just exhausting for your brain. Um, So yeah, I think make a plan, make it manageable. Don't cram. So my uh, my next tip kind of contradicts (laughs) what you just said, but it also doesn't have to. So I suggest focusing on one subject at a time if at all possible and by this I did mean kind of like say your first exam is I don't know for your math class try to focus as much as your energy into studying just for math before that exam and kind of working your schedule around being able to focus on that take the exam and then dump it out of your brain and move on to Mm. the next subject but I guess if that if you're the type of person where you think you know studying for one subject at a time can be really exhausting. Totally get that. Everyone's different. So even just for the sake of kind of like you said, time blocking yourself and saying the morning is all about math. I'm not going to think about anything else except for math. This is my time to focus. And then the afternoon it's, I don't know, philosophy. Most people probably aren't taking philosophy. It's just liberal arts things. Um, But you know what I mean? Like chunking out your day like that so that you're not constantly over whelmed by all of these different subjects that you're trying to learn I mean I think it also really depends on like the distribution of your exams obviously like if you have your math exam and then your philosophy exam isn't for a week like obviously focus on the math one because you have a week to focus on philosophy but like yeah I'm thinking of like a very traditional finals week where like these exams are like maybe like back to back or like within the same two days you know so I think in those cases it can be helpful to split up your day yeah (laughs) yeah no I completely agree Um, And I also feel like it's maybe a more helpful tip for like 
non-law school related stuff because I can see how in law school like the classes are covering similar enough content that it would be easy to confuse one with the other but like I'm not going to confuse my like earth science class with like my international affairs class you know yeah I found in undergrad though that my subjects were aligned enough where I was like oh I'm learning about a similar concept in two classes and I don't want to get them mixed up of course I can't think of an example off the top of my head right now but I remember feeling that way of being Mm -hmm. like oh crap I'm thinking of this from like a sociological perspective and I'm studying for I don't know some English class right now (laughs) yeah yeah I think maybe just for me because I was a combined major like yeah between two subjects like one is more stem and one is more humanities so like it was very distinct (laughs) yeah like I was like this metamorphic rock has nothing to do with like UN (laughs) climate policy you know so sure sure so my next one this is a tip for mainly like memorization based exams like I did this a lot when I took languages I took Russian in college um and I did this with like yeah my earth science class like trying to figure out like what type of I don't know volcano things are and whatever um, but it's to use Quizlet. And I was always a huge fan of Quizlet. I like playing all the games. I like how you can like switch it between like the term coming up first or the definition coming up first. I just feel like it was a really easy way for me to study. And I would literally do it like walking to the exam. Like I would have the flashcards up and I would like flip them as I walked. I would like do it on the treadmill. Like I just, I like, I love the app. I don't know. <laughs> it was a big Quizlet gal when it made sense. Obviously with more like analysis based stuff, it's not as useful because like Quizlet can't explain I don't know, rhetorical analysis to you, but like when it comes to memorizing definitions and stuff, I found Quizlet to be like a really good tool and it can feel very like high school. Like I found like a lot of people didn't really use it in college, but I loved it. I honestly used it in college a ton. I love Quizlet. I think it's so convenient and I especially like that you can have the app on your phone. And pro tip, you can bulk upload Mm -hmm. the term. My friend, I was like, I had like a partner in one of my classes and like we were making flashcards together and they watched me upload them and they were like, wait, you can do that. It's a, it saves so much time. I can't imagine like manually typing in every single flashcard. So like I know. just make a Google Doc and then copy and paste it, you guys. Like don't, yeah. don't type out every single flashcard. With that in mind, I am a big proponent of Quizlet. But something that I discovered this semester is not to forget the power of good old pen and paper. And I don't necessarily like making like index card flashcards, especially if you have a Quizlet. Like I don't think it's necessary to do that. But I found for my contracts exam, for example, I had to memorize, you know, 10 or 15 rule statements for this exam. And like my professor expected us to know word for word, these rule statements, like that's how you got the full amount of points is if you just were able to word vomit them back onto the page to him. Um, And I found I made a Quizlet and used that, especially towards the end of my studying, just to really hone in and make sure that I knew those definitions. But to start, I just wrote them all out. Like, I think I sent you a picture. I had done it like five or six times, just wrote them out. And I feel like every professor I've ever had at the beginning of the year goes, you learn so much better when you write stuff out, especially they like encourage like handwritten notes. They're Mm -hmm. like, studies show that you learn better. I'm like, I've never seen one of these studies. So professors (laughs) everywhere really could be lying to us just to get us off our computers. But allegedly studies show that you learn better when you write out. So especially if you think you're like struggling with concepts or if you're in a position like me where it's not, yeah, I always love the exams where you were given the definition and all you had to give was the term because you're like, Mm. phew, that's so much easier. That ain't law school. You're given the term. You're not even given the term, actually. You have to figure out the term and then also know the definition. 
Um, so if you're in a similar situation and you're finding that you're just not learning it um, verbatim or as much as you want to, try switching to pen and paper. And it also gets you off of your computer for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I did that a lot with Russian. Um, mm-hmm. Also, just because it was a different alphabet. So I always wanted to spell things wrong. Like I would think it was one letter <laughs> when it was actually another one. I feel like no one talks about that with languages. <laughs> yeah. Like just not being able to spell anything because like all the vowels sound the same to you. Whatever. So my next one is... I, this actually has a name. I didn't realize it had a name, but it's called the fan Fane man technique. Is that how you think we say it? Yeah, Fane man. Fane man technique. Um, F-E-Y-N man. Uh, but it's basically just learning a concept quickly by explaining it in plain and simple terms, which I feel like sometimes like in academia, it can be tempting to like really prove that you know what you're talking about by like throwing in all this like crazy vocab and trying to sound impressive but the proof that you know something the best is just being able to explain it to like a child I mean obviously some concepts like aren't (laughs) explainable to children but like yeah in general the simpler you can put something like the more you tend to understand it so see if you can explain it to like your roommate who like isn't even taking the class and see if it makes sense to them yeah I did this my dad bless his heart I went on a walk with him and explained in its entirety, what personal jurisdiction is. And he was sitting there like, I wish I had any idea what you were talking about. But by the end, he was like, okay, I think I could like pull out the main like levels of analysis that you need to do. I was like, perfect, dad. That means we're on the right track. Um, But kind of going off of this, uh, I think being able to teach it to someone and even with like those concepts that you were saying are a bit more difficult to dumb down finding a friend in the class and then teaching the concept to them I think is also pretty beneficial because they'll actually be able to confirm whether or not you're getting the concept right so I think it's like a a double not a double-edged sword but you know what I mean like a two-pronged thing of like maybe start off with explaining it to a friend in the class make sure you guys are on the same page with what you should know not missing concepts or anything like that and then if you can simplify that even further and teach it to someone who has no idea um what the topic is about that's like a really sheer far away I remember me and my friend Hannah took a lot of classes especially at the beginning of college when we were doing a lot of our gen eds we just ended up in a lot of classes together and her and I would book a study room and just like actually yell these concepts at each other we would get so worked up and heated and passionate about these concepts but it worked every time we would walk out of finals and then a few weeks later talk to each other about our grades and we're like cool awesome nailed it proud of us so yeah I think um just in general having a friend in the class so that you can check your notes check your understanding make sure you're not missing any big concepts that just so happen to fly over your head or that didn't um stick really well with you and then further simplifying it from there and making sure that you know your stuff and to your point of like working with someone in your class inevitably like you're going to understand some concepts better than they do yeah things that are clear to them might not be so clear to you so like it also helps because you can kind of be each other's tutors um Mm -hmm. because you're obviously going to have different skill sets chances are yeah for sure so moving into our next little category here, time management. Um, I was always a huge fan of using like an actual timer when it came to studying. Maybe that's just because I like lack self-control. Um, but we've talked about this before, the Forest app. I still use that today in my full-time work life. So if you missed that episode that we talked about it in, 
It's basically this app where you set like a interval that you want to study for or focus on whatever task for. And you also pick a type of tree that you want to plant. And you um, cannot exit the app while it's counting down or you kill the tree. And then you end up with a forest and you can be friends with people and like visit each other's forests. And then um, you collect coins and with your coins, obviously not for like a really long time. I don't think I'm anywhere close, but you eventually can plant a real tree. Like you can redeem your coins for like the company to plant a real tree on your behalf. So it's like the best motivation literally ever. I love it. My forest is so cute. I love to see it grow. Um, would highly, highly recommend the forest app. Um, and then another technique that I've done is called the Pomodoro technique. So you study for, it's normally like 25 minutes. So like you focus on one task for 25 minutes, you take a five minute break and then you do that four times. And then after the fourth time you reward yourself with like a 15 to 30 minute break. And I was just found that it made things like a lot less scary. Like, especially when I was writing my capstone, um, which isn't a final, but it was like my final grade. It was like my only grade for my course. So I guess it's comparable. Yeah. Um, I would feel like really intimidated by the fact that I had to write like six pages that day or whatever. But if I knew that I only had to do it for 25 minutes and then I could like go on TikTok for five minutes, it was like a nice motivation. So that's my recommendation. Yeah. I honestly just started implementing the Pomodoro technique uh, today, actually, because I'm kind of in like I said, I'm in the finals groove. So I'm like, I really need to hone in, like can't afford to be super unproductive. And I think you hit it, hit the nail on the head with, you know, if you can just focus for those 25 minutes, you can get out all your distractions in those five minutes. And then you only have to do it four times and then you get a, a longer break. So definitely recommend that. And then just to repeat what you said um, and really nail us into your guys' heads, you need to take a break to avoid burnout. Like I know everyone for some reason, and you're going to get into this a little bit later, but everyone's going to tell you I was studying for hours up until all hours of the night. Try to block that out as much as possible. Like it is not heroic to be studying and not taking care of yourself. Like you need to take breaks and you need to check in with yourself and you really will be more productive if you do that. And it's just unrealistic to like assume you can focus for that long. Like, yeah. Um, So my next one is don't multitask. And I want to like make this clear from what I was saying before because I think it's fine to like focus on multiple assignments or topics within the same day but when I'm saying don't multitask I mean like literally don't have like two tabs open on your computer like working on different assignments or like study guides like I just don't think that's productive for anybody yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah for sure so my next tip is to make a schedule for the day and decide what and how you are going to study throughout the day Um, just to help you stay on task. So this could be as simple as, like I mentioned earlier, maybe you want to focus on math in the morning and philosophy in the afternoon and just kind of work itself in. Figuring out, depending on the format of the test, the stuff that you're learning, maybe you have, you know, a lot of vocab words that you need to learn, and then you also need to learn how to apply those vocab words. So you might spend your morning learning those vocab words, going through your Quizlet, and then take some time, pick, you know, five to 10 of those vocab words and practice applying them and seeing how it's going. Um, Yeah, but I think holding yourself to a schedule is a good way to help you stay on task as well. Speaking of the morning and the afternoon, uh, my next tip is to figure out your most productive times of day, which like if you've made it this far, you probably already know your most productive times of day. (laughs) Yeah. But like, for example, I could not do anything at night. Like, yeah, past eight, maybe like 9 p.m. I'm like totally useless when it comes to a productivity standpoint. Like I 
just know that nothing else that I read is I'm going to retain. Like, I just know that I'm not going to make any like solid progress on anything. So I know to set that time aside to like do all the self-care things that we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I hate waking up early, I'm more productive if I wake up early versus if I try to do the work at like 11 PM the night before. Just figure that out for yourself and plan those windows uh, during your most productive times, obviously to the extent that you can. Sometimes you don't have control over deadlines and you have to stretch yourself and make it work. But sure, for the most part, you can kind of budget your time um, as is. And even if it's like less desirable to get up early, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. For sure. So I feel like my last tip for time management also, you've probably figured out either just from listening to this episode or by the sheer fact that you made it this far. Um, But know your plan of attack going in to finals week and specifically something that I did every single semester was about like two-ish, two, three weeks out from the end of the semester, I would make a master list of everything that was left to do for the semester. So I would categorize it by class and I would you know if I had a final paper and a final exam which is the worst I'm thinking of you if you're in a final exam final paper type of class right now um I would map that out make sure that and I would put it in order of due dates and not only does it make sure that you're not missing anything because finals can get so hectic and obviously that's not the time to have things fall through the cracks you want to make sure that you're getting all your assignments in getting all those grades in um So not only will you make sure that nothing slips through the cracks, but it also serves as a really great motivator because as you start taking those things off, um, you're like, okay, I'm one step closer to that Christmas break or summer break. I'm one step closer to having some time off and not having to worry about this. So I found it very, very motivating. And that's why I suggest doing it kind of two to three weeks out because it kind of gives you not freebies, but some assignments to start ticking off that aren't as overwhelming as like finals maybe. I saw this thing on TikTok um, where this girl like did this in the beginning of the semester. She wrote every assignment ever and like the due date and color coded it and then just sorted by date. So she had like one like entire semester master list. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like that would be absolutely horrifying like in the first couple weeks just to see how like how much needs to happen. But it's kind of similar like to your idea here. Yeah, I definitely don't think I could do it for the whole semester because I think it would overwhelm me. But normally two to three weeks out, there's like a few enough assignments that it's not overwhelming, but enough that like making the list is worth it. Yeah. All right. Shifting into environment. So my first tip here is to just decide if you like studying with a group, a Zoom group, um, or alone, which again, you probably know this about yourself already, but I don't know. I feel like I had some classes where it was more helpful to study with a group and some classes where I was like, leave me alone. I need to like zone out and do this myself. Mm-hmm. So just figure out like what the content that you're studying like lends itself more to for you. Um, and if you want to study with a group, make sure everyone's on the same page. I feel like it's very frustrating to study with people that like aren't cooperative. Like if you plan to like meet at a certain time or, you know, study a certain amount and like you're not on the same page it can be frustrating so if you do want to study with the group oh wait I'm looking at your next tip I'll I'll stop there you go off (laughs) (laughs) no you're good I do want to add that um something that I've always found really helpful is kind of doing uh very high level studying at the very beginning to try to figure out where the gaps in your learning are whether that be you know you missed a class so you don't have notes on this particular topic or that you found one topic to be super confusing and you're still really hung up on it. And then going into a group session, knowing that and going through the material with um, the two, three people that you're studying with, 
to help you fill in those gaps, I find really, really helpful. And then taking it from there by myself and just really honing in and zoning in on it, I think that's really helpful. I really feel like people can be, studying with groups can be really helpful to ensure that you're not missing any sort of concept or anything that you are going to be expected to know. Part of that is probably because I have like wicked anxiety. Like it's a fear of mine that I'm not going to study something that I need to know. Like I'm going to miss an entire concept. So that's a good way to kind of suppress that anxiety. But if you are choosing to study in a group, as Anya was kind of alluding to, I think it's super important to communicate how the session is going to be run. And so right now, my study group in law school, we kind of are in this, it honestly was unspoken. And I don't know if that's just because law school in general, general lends itself to people wanting to be more productive. But um, we kind of spend the first, you know, hour, hour and a half really zoned in going through learning the material, and then we'll save our time to catch up or rant about the class or rant about how busy we are. Um, for the very end. So that way we get like the best of both worlds. And we know that if we can just get through the material, then we can take the time to like really, you know, share in each other's misery. That is law school at the end. Um, but if it's not as unspoken, and I would say in undergrad, it rarely was, um, it rarely worked out that way. Make sure that, you know, hopefully the people that you're studying with, you're comfortable enough to be like, can we just spend 20 minutes really you know, honing in on this topic, and then we can talk about what we're going to get at the dining hall afterwards. Uh, The next one is pretty simple. Just figure out what kind of environment you like. Do you like studying in your room? Do you want to study in your kitchen? Maybe the library if it's safe. Um, I just think your environment has a big impact. Like, for example, I know a lot of people in regular times um, used to study at, like, coffee shops, and -hmm. I would always want to make that work for myself. Like, I would always you know, go on the walk, get the coffee, grab a table, sit down, and then just realize it was not productive. Like I'm so much more productive in a library or something. Like I just found like the coffee grinding noise in the back to be so distracting and like people walking in, opening the door, the draft, like, I don't know why it just never worked for me, no matter how much I wanted it to. So figure that out for yourself. (laughs) Not that cafes are the best idea right now anyway, but just an example. Yeah, for sure. My next tip is to not be afraid to change up your environment and kind of going off what you said, so long as you know it's going to be a productive environment. So kind of alluding to a point that I'm going to bring up, I need like as close to silence as possible to really be focused, especially if I have to read through materials. I'm just the type of person like people who can read and listen to music amaze me. I don't (laughs) understand how. Because it'll never be me. Um, So yeah, but if you, so say you're like me, try to like identify, you know, at least two quiet spaces, whether that's your bedroom and then your basement in your home or your bedroom and I don't even know, the common room if you have that in your dorm. Um, Just find those places so that if you're finding yourself becoming really restless, but you still want to be productive and get work done. Maybe switching up your environment can give you that kind of second wind that you might need. Um, Moving into a point that Kylie hinted at earlier, my next point was figuring out if music helps or distracts you. And beyond that, like what type of music? So like you said, um, you can't listen to music at all when you have to read. I know that I can listen to music, but it can't be music with words. So things like that. Um, I always, always studied to the same two playlists. They're like Spotify curated playlists 
One of them um, was brain food and the other one was jazz vibes. And it really messed up my like suggested lists and like my, um, what the, whatever the annual thing is Spotify gives you at the end of the year, which is kind of upsetting because I would listen to the same like soft jazz songs like 50 million times. Mm-hmm. Um, but those like really, really helped me. And like, I just knew when I put those, when I put that sound in, when I heard that beat, it was go time, baby. So <laughs> I recommend like finding or making a playlist like that for yourself if you can study with music on because I don't know, I just feel like always listening to the same music when you're being productive helps too. It gets you in the the right mindset. Yeah, for sure. And I will say I'm like, I'm probably super weird and like the only person that does this, but I can listen. I can never listen to music with words when I'm doing work ever. There will never come a mm-hmm. time. It's it's not me. Um, I can listen to like instrumental music if I'm like doing an assignment, like writing a paper, for example, or, you know, studying, like doing not reading intensive stuff. But when I read for some reason, any sort of noise just distracts me so much. So really dig deep with yourself and figure out what works best for you when, um, and yeah, but if a good bop gets you going by all means, I wish I could study with music. I feel like that's, it probably makes it so much more enjoyable because at least you're like, well, I get to listen to like good songs while I do this. But for me, no. Yeah. It was always funny. Like when you were on the quiet floor of the library and someone had their like huge Bose headphones or whatever, <laughs> like the noise canceling ones and they would like pull them down and you could like hear the music. And I was always like, I always felt like people were so exposed for like what they were listening to. Like, I don't know, some like frack guy would pull down his headphones and it'd be like, I got hoes. <laughs> and I'm literally like, like, how are you learning organic chemistry? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're literally studying heat transfer, sir. Like, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> so my next one is do not do the bulk of your studying from bed. And I'm literally talking to myself. This isn't even a tip for anyone else. It's for me. This is my for myself because I'm doing it frequently right now. Um, sometimes, especially, especially with Zoom University, it's so tempting to just be like, I can just lay in bed and sift through my Quizlet or I can lay in bed and write out this essay. But I promise you, you're not going to be as productive as if you just get to a desk, get to a table, have nice posture for the love of God, your back wants nice posture and get to work. Because when you're laying in bed, not only does it like, I know, I don't know the exact science, but I know like psychologically, you really only should be sleeping in bed, especially if you're someone that if you struggle with sleep, like you really shouldn't be doing anything but sleeping in bed. But I just think I know myself. And when I think of like, if I'm doing a reading, for example, it really does take me longer doing it in bed than just going to my desk. But for some reason, my mind is like, Kylie, it's like fine. Seven in the morning, just stay in bed, read about pleadings. It'll be fine. No, it won't. Get up, get out of bed, sit at your desk. I promise at the end of the day, you'll be like, I'm so glad that I got out of bed. Because every time I study or do work in my bed, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is, I'm self-sabotaging myself. It's so funny because I've actually like never struggled with this. And I think the reason why is because my mom like really, really conditioned me to make my bed as soon as I got up. You like I would make my bed immediately. And I think having your bed made and like knowing you already invested the time into it makes you way less likely to climb back in. <laughs> um, so that could be helpful if you struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, I I do make my bed and yet I end up back in it. So that's I need to like I, I like that you said you invested the time. I need to remind myself, like, Kylie, you didn't spend five minutes this morning making your bed just to get back into it. Sit at your desk. <laughs> and I also like the having, like, 
quote unquote outside clothes. Like even if you don't leave your house, like I'm not leaving my house a lot of the days, but just having like outside clothes in bed is still weird to me. So I feel like that helps too. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, my, a lot of my outfits these days are leggings and sweatshirts and I don't feel weird wearing those. No, yeah. <laughs> Mine are too, but they're just not like my PJs. So something about it just hits That's what I should me. tell myself. If I'm in my outside <laughs> clothes, no bed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. It's just been a mindset thing. Anyway, um, my last tip for the actual like studying portion is just to stock up on the stuff you'll need. I always like found this kind of fun, Loki. Like if I knew I was going to go to the library for like a long period of time, I would like make a purposeful stop at the um, well, our, our on-campus grocery store was called Wallistons. So I'd like take a little Wally's snacky break um, and I would buy like those um, like Herba Mate, Yerba Mate, whatever those are called, mm-hmm. teas. Um, I would buy like little snackies. I'd buy my favorite candy, maybe an energy drink or a coffee um, just so that I wouldn't use it as an excuse to leave later. Because like, you know, you're going to get hangry. You know, you're going to want something to nibble on even if you're not actually hungry. Um, so make it like an event, you know, make the stop before, get everything you're going to need and just get ready to like post up. Um, I got a couple recommendations for brain power foods, brain power snacks. Um, so consider getting edamame, apples, nuts, um, just prepare yourself to succeed. Yeah. I'm going to get a lot of edamame and nuts and apples for my study. I feel like a good cashew You can't go Mm -hmm. wrong just popping a few cashews while you're studying. That sounds divine to me. Healthy fats. Yeah, for sure. So my last little environment tip is especially, like I said, we're at home. So we kind of have the ability to make our study space, you know, cozy and comfy and just an overall like enjoyable place to be. Because let's all be honest, we would all rather be doing something else than studying for finals. Like I'm a wicked nerd and love school and I still don't look forward to studying for finals. But if you know, get a little candle burning so you have nice a nice scent in your little study space. I have made a habit especially now that it's getting a little chillier. I go on YouTube and I pl- um start the like 10 hour long fire <laughs> and I have that on my TV if you have a TV in your room or if you have like a spare monitor or laptop or something that you can pull it up on and just like really get the vibes nice and cozy and comfortable and calming so that you're going in with like a nice clear head. Um, And yeah, and it's in a space where you want to stay, not something that, you know, you can't wait to like leave. All right, moving into the self-care tips portion of this episode. My first one, get sleep. It's literally like scientifically proven you need sleep. There's only so much you're going to retain that final night anyway. Just sleep. Don't pull the all-nighter. If you can afford it, get the sleep. Yeah. Um, my first one is also to get sleep because I think it's worth mentioning twice, especially if you're not a night studier. Um, and especially, especially, especially the night before the exam, when you're like 12 hours out from an exam, odds are, you know, everything that you're going to know. You know what I mean? Like you just get to a point where you you can't fit anymore in your brain. Like your brain- it's, you know, files are full, can't fit anymore. So I think the best thing you can do once you get to that point is just study and rest and take time for yourself so that your brain and your body and your focus is in peak condition so that you can do as best as you can on that exam. And nine out of 10 times, especially the like night before exam, all nighter isn't going to be worth it. 
Yeah, I like hugely prescribed to this school of thought. I remember like when Kylie and I competed um, in dance, there would be all these girls backstage, like right before their solo, like they're going to be fully on stage in like 30 seconds. And they would be like marking through. Mark is like, is Mark a word that people know? Like they'd be like, uh, they would be like practice, slight practicing movements. <laughs> yeah, like they would they would be running through their dance like in their head and like doing the movements yeah. like slightly backstage, like yeah. literally right before they were going to get on. And I'm like, girl, if you don't know it now, like it's over. Like don't, like yeah. what's the point? Like just relax and like breathe and just get ready to go on stage. Like that just never like sat right with me. And I feel like it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Kylie touched on this a little earlier, but minimize stress bragging. I feel like in college, it's like such a competition to like, want to be the least well during finals for some reason um so it really like sets the expectation that not taking care of yourself is a prerequisite to being successful which it's quite the opposite in fact glorifying stress is not a good thing and it certainly doesn't mark you as a better student what is a good thing is encouraging those around you to practice self-care too so i think there's no reason to stress brag it doesn't make anyone around you feel better like literally at all like if you're all sitting around like your kitchen table and like everyone is just putting out all this like negative energy like nobody's gonna feel better (laughs) so yeah just recognize that everyone is stressed in their own right and there's no reason to pretend you're more stressed than someone else or I don't know it's just it's not a worthwhile exercise (laughs) yeah a hundred percent I agree um my next one is once the exam is over don't talk about it with anyone and this is something I really learned about myself and I find it very anxiety inducing to talk about an exam once it's done Like, I remember taking, and these aren't even exams necessarily, but, like, I had a few classes in undergrad where we would take a quiz at the beginning of class and then, like, learn the lesson for that day. And some professors, we would take this quiz, hand it in, and then they would go over the answers. And it was the absolute worst because you're just Mm -hmm. sitting there like, got that wrong. Oh, I missed that. I don't think I explained that clearly enough. And now you're just sitting there like, well, cool. I can't wait to get this failing quiz grade back, even though nine out of ten times it was a better grade than you were probably thinking. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just like to, what's done is done. You've handed in the exam. Figuring out that you did something wrong right after you took the exam is only going to maximize the stress that you feel about getting that exam back. And there's nothing you can do to fix it. And I also think that especially when it comes to like talking to other people who took the exam, most people aren't going to be super honest. And I'm not even saying they're going to like intentionally lie but they're either going to inflate how well they did and like be super cocky about it or they're going to exaggerate, you know, saying, oh, I definitely failed that. Like we all know the person who would say, I totally failed that exam, like 100%. I totally tanked that and then did not at all. So really just what's done is done. The grade is going to be what the grade's going to be and you're going to be fine no matter what. So really don't let it consume more time than it needs to consume in your mind. Yeah, I think for me, the only thing that I ever found myself discussing like immediately after an exam was just if we thought the exam was fair. Mm -hmm. Like I found that to be a topic of conversation with classmates like all the time. Like, do you feel like that exam, do you feel like those questions were fair given the content we were like told to study? Do you feel like they were fair given like the difficulty of previous exams? Like Mm -hmm. more stuff like that. Um, Not that like that's super productive either, but I feel like it's more productive than like speculating about the answers. It's more just like- do you feel like we were prepared to succeed for this or not? My next tip is to reward yourself for progress. Uh, kind of goes along with like the take a break thing and just kind of like accept that like what you know is what you know. Um, but take a bath, cook a meal, watch your favorite show, take time to like go on a quick walk. 
Um, I think it's important to like, like you're going to work harder if you know, after you finish this thing, you're going to get to eat your favorite food or whatever. So make the effort to plan those things out for yourself too, even if it feels a little bit like work. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. Um, so this I'm realizing I'm going a little full circle here with (laughs) my next tip. Um, but it is to try to stay active. And again, maybe this, you build it into one of your longer breaks for the day, or maybe once you decide, okay, I'm closing the textbook for the day and you want to get away from your computer and unplug a little bit, take 20 minutes and be active. Your body will thank you for it in the end. Um, and it'll give you a nice little change of pace. And honestly, I feel like it could work as a really great separator between, okay, I've been doing my studying and now I'm doing my relaxing sort of bridge those two sections of your day by being active to kind of signal to your brain. Okay. I worked out and now that means I get to rest for the rest of the night. My last one is to just remind yourself that this is temporary, (laughs) which sounds kind of dramatic, but I feel like whenever you're in the full swing of like a stressful season of school or whatever it is, it can be hard to um, visualize like the outcome and um, understand that like, while this period of time really, really sucks, it's not forever. Um, so just remind yourself when morale gets really low that, you know, soon it'll be Christmas and it'll be summer, like Kylie said earlier. Um, and you know, you only have X days left of this and then you can relax and treat yourself and go on that trip and see your parents and whatever else you're looking forward to. And then my last tip, and it's going to sound super cliche and cheesy, but as long as you're doing your best, you're doing good. Literally, a professor said this to me um, this semester, actually, and you its you can't do better than your best. Like, it's physically, mentally, emotionally not possible to do better than your best. And especially now when, you know, life is really rough. There's a lot of stressors on all of our minds um, amid the pandemic. So be forgiving and graceful to yourself if maybe your best this semester isn't the same as your best in a non-pandemic world. As long as you're doing your best, that's all anyone could ever ask of you. And no matter what the grade is, it's going to be okay and you're going to be fine. I think that's a great tip to end on. So this was our finals survival guide, but we want to hear from you. What are, Did yes. we miss any tips? Maybe we'll post a story the day that this episode goes up and um, ask you guys what your favorite tips are when it comes to studying for finals. Um, so that we can really make sure to capture all these ideas. Yes, for sure. We can make a little master list. Um, You guys know what to do. Follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Check out our TikTok. Also check out our reels on Instagram. I feel like we never talk about those, but we do post reels. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And uh, did you save the suggestion box? I did not. Yeah. If you have a suggestion, we always have our anonymous suggestion box linked below. And we love doing episodes that you guys suggest and yes we will see you guys next tuesday have a great week you guys you got this academic weapons listen to two degrees hotter that's what i heard (laughs) word on the street (laughs) bye guys bye guys